Hit early, hit hard. Kill with the first blow. You get your retaliation in first. Lee Child. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. As we get a little bit closer to Halloween, a lot of the time that translates in writing to murder and death. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. How in your writing and in your writing alone, how to kill people. So if you have a squeamish stomach, this might not be the episode for you. Yeah, you can pass on it. We'll talk about when to kill characters in a future episode. Yeah. There are four basic ways to kill somebody. If we're going to have to break it down in some fashion, we're going to break it down into ranged, melee, AOE, so bombs. The fourth way to kill somebody is to poison them. Okay, so getting into the ranged weapons. I will put down a book if they use guns and don't know what they're talking about. It is very obvious. The first thing, if you're going to write a gun, it is a magazine, not a clip. There are clips, but that pretty much only goes in one kind of gun. If you are writing a World War II novel talking about the M1 Garand, you can use the terminology clip. If you are writing a pistol, if you're writing most semi-automatic modern guns, it is a magazine, not a clip. Also, silencers don't actually silence the gun. It's technically not a silencer. It is called a suppressor because guns, no matter what, will always be loud. One of my favorite quiet sniping weapons is actually the crossbow. A note about bows and arrows, though. If your character gets shot by an arrow or a crossbow, with a crossbow, it's a bolt. If your character gets shot, don't yank it back out the way it came. You're going to do at least as much damage pulling it out. Of course, this kind of depends on your character. If the character knows about weaponry, if they know about the human body and how things work, they will know to leave it in Mm -hmm. or to shove it through the way it came in. Yes, you can break it off. So that the fletching doesn't go through, not with a modern bow, but if you're writing swords and sorcery style, you can break it off and then shove as much as you can through and pull it out the other side. But if you're writing something modern, just go to a hospital. Yeah. A useful thing about writing ranged weapons is you can limit ammo. And so you end up in storytelling, end up building this kind of a countdown clock. Okay, I need to get through all these bad guys and I only have six rounds left. I only have five rounds left. I only have four arrows left. Building that countdown clock helps build tension in whatever scene you're writing. In action movies, I hate it when they can just keep firing and keep Mm -hmm. firing and keep firing. That's one of my favorite things about the John Wick movies. You can count the rounds he gets off between reloading. Yes. Bows and crossbows. You are also going to be limited in time. Yes. Because it takes time to reload a crossbow. If you are shooting a regular longbow, you can be fast, but not Legolas fast. Yeah, no. Also, when it comes to bows, the strings. You can't have a preloaded crossbow for long. Yeah, I think the modern crossbow that I have limited to about two hours of being loaded before you start damaging the string. If you are working with longbows, recurve bows, anything with just the single string, you have to remove the string, release that tension, or you're going to weaken the bow. 
archers and swordsmen can actually be told apart by which muscle groups they've exercised. Archers tend to be more burly because they need a lot more muscles to get the power behind the bow. So let's move on to melee. Melee includes a lot of your swords and your close-up weaponry, your daggers. Blades in general. Yes. Anything that you can stab someone with or whack them over the head with tends to be your melee. Most weapons are farm tools initially. You're going to have your trident, your spear for stabbing people, is also really good for moving hay. Also scythes. Yes. Your grim reaper is actually, that is for reaping wheat. And not necessarily souls, but could be souls, yeah. Reaping wheat and souls all at the same time. If you really want to learn how to use a weapon, go to YouTube. Usually people who train and specialize in different swords and weapons will have video tutorials and showing different moves and how it works. A lot of your main characters will have a fighting style. Hopefully they will have a fighting style. This is especially apparent in your melee combat. Knowing where your character keeps whatever weapons they have when they're walking down the street is important. Knowing your character's fighting style is a reflection of their character as well as their history. So let's move on to the next style of how to kill people. And this is your area of effect AOE. Most common, bombs. Yes, or magic spells. Or magic spells. A lot of these kinds of weapons aren't going to be used by your protagonists because of the collateral damage. One of the things when you're using a ranged weapon is knowing who's behind your target. One of the things when you're using a bomb is knowing who's next to your target. Quick notes about how explosives actually kill people. It's not the concussion, it's not the fire that usually is the thing that kills. It's the shrapnel. So a lot of your bombs will have bits of metal in them to send flying. And the final way to kill people. This is a fun one when it comes to writing because they don't always happen right away. Yes. Poisons. Poisons happen in a lot of different fashions. You can have your animal poisons, so your snake venoms, your puffer fish. Those are very popular for something that's going to quickly kill somebody. Most poisons are a little bit incremental over time. Most of your heavy metal poisons, your arsenic, uh, cyanide, your official cause of death is dehydration. So when it comes to poisons, this is one area that we would encourage you to do your research. Yes. Look into plants, look into animals. And natural poisons, especially if you're writing something that's pre-advanced technology, because they will rely on a lot of those natural poisons in order to carry out poisonings. Mm -hmm. Knowing how to find it is also important. Our town is littered in oleander, which is a beautiful plant, but uh, makes for great tea for (laughs) mother-in-law. You can also find antifreeze in basically any car if you know how to get there. Antifreeze is sweet. I don't recommend tasting it. As I understand, it makes your blood go into like shards and just shreds your vessels all the way down. It crystallizes. Yes. It's nasty stuff. If your bad guy is a housewife, she might choose poison. She's working with a lot of those chemicals every day. So now that we've kind of talked about different ways to kill people and how your characters will choose how to do that, let's talk about actually writing how to die. This is the part where if you have squeamish ears, 
squeamish stomach, you're going to want to just tune out. (laughs) Skip to the end of the episode. We'll see you next time. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk first what happens to a body if it dies right away. The moment of death is always very messy. And we're not just talking blood, but there are muscles that hold urine and feces in. Hold those in. And when they're relaxing in that final moment, those muscles relax too. And all of that stuff gets released. Yep. It's a really gross thing. So let's go into what happens when the body's been dead for a little bit. If you listen to a lot of crime drama TV shows, you'll hear them talking about lividity. They never actually show it. Which some of us appreciate. Oh, oh, most definitely. (laughs) Lividity in a body is when the heart stops beating, there is no longer something there that is keeping the blood flowing through the body. Gravity takes over. So whatever part of the body is lowest to the ground will collect all of that blood. And a lot of the times it will become a weird dark color. It will balloon out a little bit. Depending on area temperature, rigor mortis sets in slightly different times. Generally, it'll be about an hour after death. The body becomes stiff. You kind of have to break it if you're trying to move it. And then it will fade, but then it'll come back. Once all the gases and stuff release from a body, the rigor mortis will return and those muscles will stiffen up again. If you're trying to write something a little bit darker, a little bit creepier, the sounds that accompany trying to move a body in rigor mortis are creepy, and they're very gross because it's very much like breaking bones. Another thing that happens to a body if it's been dead for a while are gases. When you are dead, you have a lot of things inside of you that will react and create gases. They will release and sound like you're farting. (laughs) And the final thing that we kind of wanted to talk about, this is a particularly gross aspect of death. If you have a body that's been dead for a while, especially in hot conditions, the process of decomposition is accelerated, which means when you try to touch and move the body, the skin will kind of just peel off. It is very disturbing, very gross, but that's a little bit of knowledge that you can have to add a little bit of realism to your book. When we're talking about all of this, understand that this is for writing purposes. You don't have to include the very, very specifics of how a body dies in your writing. If you have a good guy dying, you don't really need to show them pooping their pants as they die. So there are so many more things we want to cover about killing people. If you need advice on hiding a body, let me know. You can write us the email addresses at the end of this episode. But have fun with it, because really, it's fun. And until we see you next time, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 